there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. My name is Evelyn, your host, Mindset Transformation Coach, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Johnny Mazzocco. She is a writer, a content developer, and teacher all about the written word. And before she started her business, she trained many college students on how to get their words on paper. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I am grateful to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and your transition from teaching in one capacity to now being a coach and teaching in that capacity. Yeah, so I've taught college students for probably 20 years now, right around there. And uh, I've always known that I wanted to help people write and be a writer myself. And, you know, academia has changed a lot since I first started. And as I got older, I thought I just really want some independence and to be able to work for myself. So I started thinking of ways that I could do that. And um, I had an experience in writing a novel that just completely transformed my life and really set me on a spiritual path. And after that happened, um, I knew that I wanted to come up with some kind of method that would help people go as deeply with their writing as I experienced with that. And so it was a very long time in coming. Um, but I created my method called writing through the body and have really, that was in 2014. And I've, you know, I started teaching it, um, 
in free workshops to test it out and get feedback. And I feel like it's in a really great place right now. It's very effective and it's basically, it's, it's focused on character development, which is something that's essential. It's like a foundational building block for all writing, even nonfiction, uh, self-help books, even memoir. So, um, so yeah, that's one of the things I do that I've transitioned into and, you know, I'm just all about creating content. I love creating content and curriculum because I've been doing that for years. And mm-hmm. I just love being able to do it um, on my own time in my own way. So mm-hmm. I find that the best successes are those that have a passion, that they come from a place of experience, you know, having experienced it themselves. I will say the uh, title, Writing to the Body, is really interesting. It kind of brings up a lot of imagery for me. Can you tell us what inspired that name and expand more on the process? Yeah. So like I said, it took, it it took a long time for it to develop, but I'll kind of try and boil it down a little bit. Um, So the experience that I had, first of all, is what kind of kicked it off is I was writing a novel and I, um, you know, the way that my stories come to me, is very organic. They just kind of bubble up inside me. And this character came to me named Miranda. And I knew, actually, I didn't know her name at first. That was another kind of synchronistic, magical thing that kind of came about. But I knew there was this woman, I knew what she looked like, and I knew she had amnesia. And so as I started studying amnesia and, you know, what caused it, what it looked like and really started to explore who she was in a deep way. I suddenly realized that she didn't really have amnesia. She had repressed memories of abuse. And so that caused the story to veer off in a whole new direction. And so as I explored that, you know, simultaneous to all that, I was having a lot of health issues in my personal life. And, um, Then long story short, after figuring those out and putting it all together, I then realized that, oh, these aren't just her repressed memories. I also had them too. And so writing that novel was a way for me to um, just really dig down deep into my psyche and, you know, discover a lot of things, truths about my life that I had never known. And it was very discombobulating, a very difficult time for sure. But the real, the beauty of that whole thing is that, you know, I developed a relationship with this character and we helped each other out. It's like I agreed to tell her story and she helped me get through this period. So, you know, she wanted to grow a garden. And in fact, that garden became a focal point in the book. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to garden. I'm going to work with the earth. Um, she wanted to run to get rid of this, all this angst and energy that was building up inside her. And so I started running. And so I felt like she was um, just a very wise part of me that was teaching me how to navigate this, this difficult thing. And so, you know, years pass, I get divorced, I start teaching. And I also, one of my, I wish I had brought it over here to show you, but um, I developed you know, it, that, that whole thing set me on a spiritual path and I got into divination tools and I decided to create a deck on my own. And so I created a deck all text-based based on the seven chakras of the body. Mm-hmm. All right. So I used those for a while. Then it wasn't until the end of 2013 when I, at that point in time, lost the teaching that I had, felt like it was an opportunity to kind of, you know, really drill down inside this idea I had and figure out what these workshops I wanted to teach were. And then just like it was this eureka moment sitting at my desk, I realized that my experience, the chakras, and this thing I used to tell my college students was right with your whole selves, not knowing really Mm -hmm. what I was even saying. It all just kind of came together in my mind. And that's when I realized, oh, this is writing through the body. And so this method is based on the seven chakras of the body. And I use them very deliberately, very practically to teach character development. 
That's amazing and, and actually quite a unique take because in developing that novel, it became so personal for you because you yourself were going through an experience almost as if you were the character itself uh, to some extent. And then through that process of writing this novel, creating and developing this character, you work some of the things that you yourself were experiencing. And then that also prompted additional ideation with the cards, for example, that you, you put together on the seven chakras. So to me, it's more than just writing. And that's kind of the imagery that I got with the title that you put together, writing through the body, making it. Um, a process that is not just about the written word, but relating it to what's happening internally with your energies. Yes, that's absolutely right. And that's why I consider my writing practice part of my spiritual practice, because it really, it's very impactful on me and for me. And, you know, I've learned from coaching people that oftentimes people don't know what they're getting into they think it's more about learning the craft, the mechanics and that kind of thing. And I do teach all that and it's very important, but what they don't expect is um, sort of, it, it is kind of an upheaval an inner upheaval that it can create. And, you know, I always tell people don't, I don't think that everybody will um, experience what I did, but I do think writing really helps us tap into this, this deeper wisdom that we, uh, we all have. And, you know, I think that rests in our subconscious, which is, I consider it our darkness, which to me is not a bad thing. To me, our darkness is just those, that really powerful, all-knowing part of us that we kind of keep off to the side um, out of fear because there's so much in there and it's not always all pretty, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, it absolutely is um, far more than just getting words on a page. Mm-hmm. That is such an important point that you make because for me as a coach, one of the one of the things that we incorporate uh, is writing or journal writing. I find that even with my own practice of journaling, you can be so much more honest with yourself and bring things to light, you know, refer to things, kind of see a pattern as you continue to write that can help you to address anything you might be going through internally. So the fact that you are helping folks to not just learn the tool set of how to put things on paper, but you're also helping them with the practice of how to a practice of how to relate that to the internal, to add a more, to write in its entirety and bring to light, as you said, those dark shaded areas that most often hold uh, some trauma, can hold uh, things that we ourselves are not always wanting to bring to light because of the perception that it brings up. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, it's a big step for people to take. It really is because writing through the body is about character development. It's about creating, like I always tell people, it's about creating um, very human-like characters. It's about understanding the human condition on a very deep level. And the really magical thing that, that happens is when a person uses that to create a character, they can't help but kind of, um, oh, what do I, just, it, it kind of seeps into them, I guess, through osmosis, mm-hmm. if nothing else, um, when they're working with it. And so there's also a lot of personal growth um, when they do it. And you know, I, to me, writing is about exploring the human condition. And I just feel like what better way to do that than with the chakras, because it really is like a seven level process of human development. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I pair that with a writing element, so for instance, the root chakra is about family and tribe. And so we look at backstory and setting. And Another example is with the throat chakra, we look at dialogue. And so I find that when we incorporate these things together, it's a really, really powerful way to learn to write. And, you know, one thing I, it's a different way to approach writing for sure. A lot of people want to just dive in and go, and that's great. It works. And writing through the body, you know, using this method on each character, it can feel time consuming. Um, 
But what it does, it creates this absolutely solid foundation to move forward because whether you're thinking about a fictional character or yourself as your own protagonist in your memoir or your ideal reader in a nonfiction self-help book, um, by the time you are done, you know exactly what this person's uh, deepest desire is, what their deepest wound is, and what their greatest fear is. And those are the three main things we need to know when we create story and tell story. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very effective. I found. Yeah. I feel like uh, with your process, and this is just, you know, from what I know so far, which is very surface level, it appears to me that in engaging and following your methodology for writing, you're actually incorporating more authenticity with the character, right? You're really relating it so much more to yourself and to the audience you're looking to, to bring on with your novel uh, in terms of, you know, what the story is, right? There's possibly more engagement, more truth to it in taking the effort to go through these various steps. And like you said, it also allows for a little bit of self-discovery. Yeah, absolutely. I think authenticity is a good word. Um, I do feel like when we create characters based on this seven level uh, development method, um, you really can't help but have a truly authentic human-like character that comes up off the page, you know, and, and then yes, the self-discovery happens. And so by the end of, you know, writing a book, this immense growth has happened um, in the person doing the writing. And then what I love about stories, I really believe that stories heal. And I think we can heal the world with stories, um, by writing and telling them by receiving them. And, you know, all that emotional impact that has been created in this character in this way, then it just really comes alive on the page. And then it continues this ripple effect, um, out into the world every time someone picks it up and reads it and that mm -hmm. character and that story stays with them and changes them also. Mm -hmm. So um, what was the not the name of the novel that you wrote? So folks can actually, you know, go take a look and see <sighs> this process in tangible form. Okay. Confession time. Um, I wrote that novel many, many, many years ago and it was such a gauntlet for me. Um, mm -hmm. it really upended my life in many ways. And so after I finished that first draft, I let it sit for a while and it was a very fat draft. It was about 900 pages long <laughs> wow. because I was sorting out a lot and I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then I revisited it over the years and I, and then life got in the way, um, I got divorced. I went back to school. I was raising little kids. And so I just sat there in a filing cabinet for a couple of decades. And mm -hmm. so recently this last year, um, and COVID kind of triggered this response in me that, you know, it's time for me to put my own writing first because I've helped other people. Um, and I was just right on this brink of retiring from teaching college so I did NaNoWriMo, which if no one, if someone doesn't know what that is, it stands for National Novel Writing Month. And that's in November. And so I had been working on it a little bit throughout last year and then um, completed the whole thing um, in the month of November. So now where I am with it, I'm preparing to figure out how to take a trip to Colorado, which is where it's set. And hopefully spend a month or two there and just, you know, really sink into that landscape, that environment again, and then do a finished revision uh, because I do have an agent that's interested in it. Um, and the prologue is on my website so people can read the prologue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Yeah, for those of you that are listening or who will be watching this, go, you know, obviously we'll put all the details of how to get in touch with her, you know, how to follow her. 
that way you can go look at what she has out there and explore that. As she said, read the, uh, that outline that she has on her site, that introduction. And then when it's finalized, you can then proceed and, and get the novel in its entirety. Do you have any students that you're featuring on your site by any, by any chance that have worked with you that maybe have their work out there already? I do not have clients work. So here's, here's where I am with client work. Um, the end of 2019, I decided not to, um, do one-on-one long-term, um, coaching any longer. And I decided to create a group program, which I've done. And so I can tell you a little bit more about that in, in a minute, but, um, what I, what I have on my site are testimonials from them. And what I really, my strength is helping people get a first draft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to work with them in, in some way after that. But what I find is because I work with them and I get so deeply involved in their first draft, it's better for them to go out and, um, find a third party to do like a, a very objective, um, review of it. And I have a person I recommend a few people. Um, and so people that I've worked with, they, they have gone a lot of different directions. Uh, one of them was very close to finishing and I have not heard from her in a while. So I should check in with her actually, now that you're asking me this <laughs> to see where things are. But, um, yeah, I just, I have people who, you know, they'll do a first draft and they just feel like, wow, I need a break. That was, that was really kind of exhausting and I need a break. And other people decide to take what they've done and do something smaller with it. Um, so it really varies what they do, but it honestly mm-hmm. uh, never occurred to me to put their work on my website or to gotcha. even link to it. So but thanks for the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So let's talk about the program that you're doing now, right? You're you're transitioning from one-on-one individual coaching to now having this group program that allows you to touch more people at once. Tell us about that and the process. Yeah. So it's called Written in the Stars, and it's for people destined to tell stories and write books. And anybody who joins the group program um, get my writing through the body course and my conjuring clarity course. Those are together worth $1,100 and they get those for joining the, the group program. Um, I know from being a person who has done c- coaching programs that oftentimes the long haul, the six month or a year commitment just it, it doesn't work for a lot of people just logistically and especially for writing. Uh, it just didn't make sense to me to ask people to pay thousands of dollars, commit to six months or a year, uh, because there's such an ebb and flow with writing. And because one of the tools I use to make sense of myself in life is astrology and I keep track of the moon cycles and Mercury retrogrades, which, you know, if someone doesn't know what that is, it Mercury is the planet of communication. So it affects spoken, written word, um, machinery, technology, and it happens four times a year. And it can really make life feel kind of sluggish. Um, and it's kind of a, a step back. So instead of looking at it as a negative thing, I look at it as a positive thing. And it's a way to um, not maybe take a break from the writing, but stick with the writing. But rather than write to push forward, it's a time to kind of regroup and reconsider and maybe do some revising. And so I feel like it, it gives people a chance to breathe and not just feel they're on this relentless path that they have to hammer these words out no matter what. And so the group happens three times a year and it's spaced in between the Mercury retrogrades so that we can get the most benefit of the forward movement that's happening. And so that's basically how that works. The next one is coming up in June. And so 
yeah, I'll be very excited to see who shows up for that. That's amazing and quite a unique take on, you know, a, a coaching program, right? Usually it's very sequential. Uh, there aren't any like major breaks that will detract from the effort or the work that is being uh, conducted. But in your case, you're using, uh, as you said, Mercury retrograde to help uh, that writing process. And as you said, sort of give uh, a type of break or transitioning for the next phase of it. So it's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I, what I want people to grasp in doing that is that if, if we're going to have a writing practice, we have to be open to this ebb and flow. And, you know, I also respect the fact that sometimes people just need to go off on their own if they've made a discovery in the writing and just need to go off for a while. Um, so I really wanted to honor and respect that. And so I don't require that people do all three. It's just, it's kind of like an a la carte thing and you can do one, you mm -hmm. can do two, you can do all three. So I wanted to make it versatile and affordable and, um, and still really be able to bring this value. And so that's why I include both of those courses. And we do go over all that content from those courses. And, mm -hmm. you know, then it'll be like the standard, um, it'll meet once a week and I will do a bit of a lesson. And then I'm open to answering questions from everybody in the group about specifics on their project. So hopefully, you know, and I want to keep it, I don't know, I decided to start with, I want to keep it fairly intimate. I don't want to just, you know, the idea of, I don't know, getting a hundred people to sign up sounds really great, but I don't think I could help people as much as if I limit it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like 10 people is, is a good number. I think 15 is kind of pushing it. So I'm, you know, kind mm -hmm. of play with that number all the time. No, that's a good thought to have because, you know, group settings, obviously you can have more interest and you can actually take on. So knowing and limiting it based on your capacity is a smart thing to do. And it's not like that's the last time you're going to have this uh, coaching session. There'll be other sessions. So at that point you can have, you know, your wait list. Um, I like the fact that you're thinking about, you know, the cost, you're thinking about the timing with when it happens and trying to make that versatile. Uh, but also those bonuses that you're including, I mean, that without knowing, you know, everything about your program, that already sounds great. Like you're including, you know, previous courses that you have put in place that cost, you know, thousands of dollars and you're offering that for free just for joining this program that you're putting together. Yeah, I, I really wanted to make it worthwhile for people. And I, um, I just, I have so much faith in the method and, you know, I, I didn't want people, oftentimes people hear chakras and they think, oh, that's too woo woo for me. Um, but there is nothing woo woo about this method. It's very practical. And there's, you know, a little bit more to the story that I didn't mention some mentors that I started studying that influenced me. And so there is a little bit of science in it. Um, there's a woman named Candace Pert who was a neuroscientist and she was studying how emotions impact our health. And she's, she discovered the neurotransmitters that we hear about often now that um, are created in the body, travel to the brain and then tell us what to feel. And in her research, she discovered that where these neuropeptides are generated are located directly where the chakras are said to be located in us. And so that also led to my aha moment that I had. And so there really is a scientific basis behind, um, you know, the chakras and the use of them. And I just... So I, I describe writing through the body oftentimes in three parts. There's the esoteric part, which is the chakras. There's the academic part, which is I bring in, I was trained in um, academic argumentation. And so that's what I've taught at uh, the college level. 
And so I bring that in. So oftentimes my prompts are questions to help the writer um, just sink deeper inside. Um, and these questions are always specific to the chakra that we are discussing. And then the third component is the creative part. So it's the esoteric, the academic, and the creative that creates this really lovely trifecta when it comes to uh, writing and creating. Thank you for clarifying on that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. as you said, some might say chakras, what? That's, mm. but you're not, again, what's unique about your program is that you're incorporating various aspects, right? That are all for the benefit of that result. Right. Yes. And, you know, to your point about including them, um, I decided that if just to help dispel some of this, and, you know, my guess is by the time someone buys into my program, they've already bought into the method, um, because they, they go to my website, they'll see what I'm about. Um, and so I really wanted to show people how this practical application of this, this really lovely, um, system can work in a very practical way. And so, you know, I keep feeling like compelled to like dive a little deeper into explaining it, but mm -hmm. I, I don't want to like, um, spend a whole lot of time on that. I mean, unless, unless you want to, um, I'm, I'm happy to leave it open to your questions, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I just if, if you want to dive deeper into it to give the audience a better understanding. Okay. Feel free. Okay. So an example that so I do have a complimentary intro to writing through the body that um you can access on my website. And um in it I give this example. So I will share this. And we talk about that, um, in that module, we talk about the root chakra a little bit. We talk about them all, but the example is of the root chakra. And so it's about family and tribe. And so when we do the full on root chakra module, we will go, we go so deep into the traits and expressions of that chakra. So for instance, um, I'll use this one. This isn't just a normal, every human has abandonment issues to some degree. Um, it's just an, a natural human thing, but the degree of that is what's important. And so we might look at to what degree does your character have this in certain relationships, or it's also about survival. We might look at, um, you know, is there, how does abundance show up in your character's life? Are they struggling with money? Can they not keep a job? Those are all root chakra issues. And so by understanding that, we can start to learn where some weak spots are or flaws or um, just problem areas, which is what we want, right? When we write, we want to start with problems because then the story arc helps resolve those problems. Um, mm -hmm. So once we determine those things, then um, the prompt that I offer, one of them is... Um, I ask people to pretend that they're either their main character or themselves, if they're writing memoir or their ideal reader, if they're writing nonfiction self-help, put that person on a train, in a car, on a plane, some heading to a family gathering. And it could be any kind of family gathering. And so what I'm doing is helping them get that person in the setting with those people that impacted their root chakra development. And so then I walk them through this meditation and have them do this process of going around the room and seeing the people and then leaving. And then I ask them to answer this question. Um, what tacit agreement does this character have with her family members that she just saw because every family has tacit agreements, things that we know are there, but we just don't talk about in detail. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have found that those things all put together, um, take people to a very deep place with the writing. 
And then, of course, in the in the the modules in the full course, there are numerous questions, numerous traits and expressions that you can um, see in a person or a character in the root chakra and um, more prompts. So it, it's a way to take them even deeper into each chakra. So that's an example of how mm-hmm. it works. So I know that was a long explanation, but... <laughs> No, that was great because, I mean, obviously I'm only speaking from experience. What I know about writing and character development, it's all very surface, right? They, what I remember from, from university in the creative writing courses, you have this like outline of like age, background, orientation, gender, um, what it like to dress as, things that are very surface level. But with your program, you're really going into a very deep level of detail and you're using, again, this method with the chakras, which you said were seven, seven chakras. Mm-hmm. So you're taking the foundation of writing and how to create a character and flesh out an idea. And that already has a level of detail. And then on top of that, you add these various chakras, which, again, takes you into a much more deeper, deeper level of understanding. So that's amazing. Yeah, it really it's very psychological. It's um very emotional because that's where we want to get. We have to be able to, one of my writing teachers once told me, you have to fall in love with your protagonist and doing this process allows you to do that. And, you know, it's like, it's like a person um, that you get to know deeply. You get to know their mind and their heart and their soul and everything that scares them and excites them and matters to them. And, and you fall in love with them. And, and, yes. and that's what happens. And then, like I said earlier, what happened with me, I love this idea that, you know, it's, it's, it's a team effort. It's, it's me working with my character, not me just creating her and making her do what she, what I want her to do. Because, you know, to be honest, when we create you know, deep characters, profound characters, they do take on a life of their own and they start doing things that are unexpected to us as writers. And to me, that's the really exciting and fascinating and even, you know, kind of magical part of writing. And it's just understanding what is this person doing and why? And, um, and that's a big question that I always tell people to keep asking, like, why, why, why is this? And that really helps propel the story forward um, and really helps create plot. So I am not a person. There are people who uh, there, there are two terms in the writing world called plotting and pantsing. And plotting is sitting down and plotting out everything from beginning to end before you start. And that can work in some scenarios. I think if, if a person is writing like straight up genre fiction, that's a great way to start. Um, I feel like what I do and what writing through the body does, it's kind of a combo of those. We're not doing outline of the plot because the characters dictate the plot, but we're doing a deep, deep dive and an outline basically about each character. And, um, so yes. Do you find that the your process changes even slightly based on whether it's fiction or nonfiction? Oh, yes. Um, so I would say fiction and memoir are very similar in terms of the way writing through the body works and how I work with people. Um, the tricky part with memoir is people can often be tricked into this idea of thinking, oh, I already know myself and the people in my life well. And, and so they don't sometimes don't see the benefit of it, but those who have done it have learned even more about themselves and gained a greater understanding about the people in their lives. Then for nonfiction self-help, I focus on the ideal reader. So the kind of books I like to help people with are, you know, say an entrepreneur or a coach who has a method or a program or process that um, they want to turn into a book and using writing through the body to determine their ideal reader is somewhat like determining your ideal client for your business. 
But again, because writing through the body goes so deeply into that ideal reader, it usually takes them places they didn't expect. And I do that because when we can understand our ideal reader to that degree, then we can know how to write directly to them. And then the writing is that much more impactful and that much more powerful. And then for the people, you know, oftentimes people writing that kind of book, they like to um, weave in their own story in their book to kind of show their own um, path to getting where they are and why they're offering this method. And so they might also utilize the method on themselves as well and weave the two together. So, and then once, you know, once those parts are done, then it begins to look very different because then Mm -hmm. with the nonfiction self-help people, I help the next step is creating your thesis, which a lot of people really balk at, but it's absolutely necessary. Um, I, I think if, if we're going to write nonfiction, um, because it just, again, really, um, distills things down and helps us focus and, then from that thesis, and that's also through a list of questions that I ask people from that thesis, then they can begin to create a table of contents, which is the framework for the book. So that's mm. how fiction memoir and nonfiction self-help work a little bit differently. Okay. And then I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I have to ask, how do you deal with writer's block, whether it's you yourself or the clients that you're working with? Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this, and I always feel like I need to knock on wood when I say it, but I don't get writer's block. Um, I just have never had a problem sitting down and putting words on the page because I think it requires a kind of an I don't care attitude uh, in the beginning uh, just to get the words out and on the page. Because like I always tell people, we have to have words on the page so that we know what we're working with. It's, it's a lot like a potter making a bowl or a vase right? You can't make it until you throw that clay. And to me, that's what putting words on a page is. And so I'm just very comfortable with writing crap and, you know, just like a brain dump and get it out there Mm -hmm. and then stepping back and looking at it and going from there and then adding, removing. And so that's my answer about my own writer's block. I just really you know, I don't feel that I get it. It's not something that I accept for myself, I guess. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think when other people use writer's block, I think, I think of it more as writer's fear. And because a lot of people have, I've heard a lot, this is not new. I, I'm not the first one to say it, but you know, there really isn't any other profession that has the word block attached to it. You know, we don't hear doctor's block. We don't hear dentist block. We don't hear teacher block. You know, you just, with those jobs, you show up and you do it. And I think because we glamorize writing and kind of what it is to be a writer and the writing life. And, you know, we really, um, attach inspiration to the idea of writing. And I don't buy into that either. I, um, I don't need a spark of inspiration to write what's inside me. Um, I treat it like a job and I just sit down and I do it. And I trust that once I have an idea, it landed there for a reason or it bubbled up for a reason and it needs to come out of me. And Mm -hmm. so I just do it. And, um, so sort of a two pronged answer to this about other people. I, I have things I do with, to help people if they feel blocked. And again, I just ask tons of questions. Um, I have little tricks I might offer them. I use this analogy, um, of sourdough starter. Um, so if, if anyone doesn't know how it works, it's a combination of water, flour, and what else? There's one other ingredient. Um, I think, but it sits on your counter and it grows in this jar on your counter. You have to, to keep it healthy, you have to dip in there and pull out from it. And then you make a loaf of bread, right? You create something with it. Um, if you don't feed the sourdough starter, if you don't extract from it, it keeps growing. It can mold, it can rot, it can explode. 
And so I always tell people, this is how I imagine ideas and feelings inside us. And I think when we, I feel like it's our life force uh, wanting to express itself. And I think if we hold it down, it makes us sick um, mm. in all ways, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, even physically. And so oftentimes it helps people um, when they have that visual or that concept. And then to go further with that, I am taking now writing through the body and I am tweaking it a little bit so that I can turn it into a writer's block um, remedy. And so I'm, I'm working on that right now. And so I don't have that to offer yet, but it will still involve the seven chakras. And what I do with it is take people through a process where they, we go through each chakra, they locate an emotion or a sensation where it is. And then we determine where the block might be within them. And then there are certain things that we can do for each chakra to you know, keep them open and flowing. And mm -hmm. the image that I often use with people, if they can't quite wrap their brain around like what a chakra is, you know, it's this energy center, it's intangible energy center in us. But I offer this image of like a long hallway with doors that's turned on end. So if all the doors are open, this breeze can flow through, right? And that's mm -hmm. our life force. That's creativity. That's our flow. If something happens and a door starts to close, that slows that down, right? And mm -hmm. so to me, that's been a great way to um, kind of help people visualize that. And then thinking of each chakra also as like a balloon, the degree of its inflation can kind of um, indicate the health of it, right? And so obviously it's not something we can see but it's something we sense and can feel. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I think there are a multitude of ways that, that this method can be used. And I'm just, I'm just very excited about doing more with it. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, the sense that I was getting to when you were talking about writer's block is that maybe the reason why people experience this block is because they feel pressured that when they put something down on paper, it has to be perfect or as close to perfect uh, as possible. So I think it's great that you're also incorporating in your program or, or spinning off a branch where you help to address uh, any writer's block. So for those of you listening, keep following her, keep, you know, <laughs> uh, seeking and looking through her journey because she has multiple offerings, uh, some that are future or yet to come. Yeah. For sure. So before I let you go, uh, any last comments you want to share with the audience? Have anything I didn't ask you that you want to put out there? Oh my, um, gosh. I probably could think of a lot of things. I will just say this. I, um, I think a lot of people, the, the writing realm can be a little hoity toity sometimes. Um, and I think people can feel very intimidated. And to your point about, um, thinking it has to be perfect when it lands on the page or thinking it has to be figured out in your mind before you start, those are total misnomers and that keeps people stuck. And the way that we figure out what we have to say is by starting the writing, because it's like, I use the garden hose. I use a lot of metaphors and imagery, um, the garden hose, that's the, the brain dump, like get that water out, clear the hose out, and then the flow can happen. So just start getting words on the page. And, you know, if imposter syndrome pops up, uh, just know that everyone has it, no matter how mm -hmm. long they've been doing something like somebody may have three great novels in a row and then they, they get to a point and they just feel like, ah, oh, this one I'm working on isn't as good. Anybody can feel imposter syndrome. And I felt it as a teacher when I started. Um, so I think just, I would say, you know, I think if we wear the costume, then we become it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
I always encourage people uh, to just be around the kind of people that you want to be. Be around writers, join, um, go to conferences, other writing gatherings, and just get that vibe because writers, they're a different breed and they have a different way of viewing the world. And so, you know, when we surround ourselves with a kind of energy, then it, it becomes us and we become it. So I think that's the biggest thing is mm-hmm. put words on the page and surround yourself in the writing world. Mm-hmm. That is a great advice. One that is applicable to all aspects of life, right? Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do and surround yourself with people who are like-minded that are going to elevate and help you to get to that end result. Thank you so much, Donnie, for joining me today, for offering your words of wisdom, for speaking on your experience and your offering. Thank you so much. It's really been fun talking with you. Same here. You are so welcome. As usual, guys, we're going to put all the details on how to get in touch with her. Again, follow her journey, check out her offerings, and keep following to see her future offering in regards to writer's block. And as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.